This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hi, movie addicts. Welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. How you doing today, Frank? I'm well, thank you, Andrew. How about yourself? I, I'm doing pretty good. Good. Glad I'm to hear it. Feeling healthy? Good. I don't think I have cancer. Oh, I think that's a little bit not appropriate, but okay. I mean, uh, it, it could be premature on my part to think so, but as far as I'm aware, I don't have cancer. I think as you guys are seeing right now, it's very, very hard to make cancer funny, which is why <laughs> 50-50 is such a... Marvel. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is this is episode number four of Cinema Fix. So Andrew was illustrating that on purpose, and you should not be offended by what it came before. It was totally his intent to illustrate that point. <laughs> this is episode number four of Cinema Fix here on Film Geek Radio. And uh, if this is the first time listening to, to the show, basically we are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about film and mainstream cinema in particular. And each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of whatever mainstream film we decide to discuss that week. And that way you can just get a general idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time. The second part is a more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and would appreciate a deeper discussion, go ahead and listen to that. As you mentioned, Frank, this week the movie we're going to be talking about is 50-50. So, Frank, why don't you go ahead and give a little bit of info about the movie for the listeners out there that are curious. Sure. Uh, 50-50 is a movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. Anna Kendrick is in it, too. You might remember her from Up in the Air. It is directed by Jonathan Levin with a script by Will Reiser, who's getting his first screen credit. Yeah, it's his first feature screenplay, which is pretty impressive. It, it's, it is impressive considering how well it turned out. Very strong story of a young man who finds out he has cancer and how he, he learns to cope with it and how it impacts the people in his life. Yeah, it's interesting because Jonathan Levine previously directed The Wackness, which was a big hit on the independent festival circuit, and it's actually a pretty good sort of coming-of-age movie about a young man who's dealing with issues in his life and this movie, Fifty Fifty, is interesting because this guy's already come of age, and he's suddenly hit with this uh, realization that he has cancer. He might die. Yeah, he said he was twenty-six years old. Yeah, twenty-six years old, which is still pretty young to have to grapple with something like that. And, you know, I mean, I don't think you're ever expecting something like that, but I think at twenty-six, it's probably the furthest thing from your mind. Right, and it's not a drama. It's more like a dramedy. Yes, it it's is. It's got a lot of comedic elements to it. Seth Rogen has described it as a cancer comedy, which is a, I, I would say is a pretty apt description. But uh, before we get into our general thoughts on the movie, uh, let me go ahead and play a clip. You really think that a girl's going to go for me just because I have cancer? For the millionth time, yes! Help me help you get laid. You think that would work? It would totally work. All right, let's do it. That's a hot girl. Okay, right yeah. there. All right. Who's shirt? Just, Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Just talk. Just spark up a conversation. Hey, how's it going? Okay. Uh, you know what I do? 
Get into the Kanju thing faster. Faster? Faster. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say I no know, to me. I know, but it's, it's your hook, man. It's what you got. It's, you know? So what, just, that's the first thing it, I man. say? It's like, hello, it. I have cancer. That's what makes you different. It's what sets you apart. It's, it, it, you know, you're sympathetic. Okay, okay. Just try it. Okay. What year is that? I love that guy. It's a great song. Totally. I have cancer. I was wrong. I was wrong. It was, it was weird. It's yeah. weird like that. Yeah, it's not too it, soon. It doesn't sound cool. No. Okay, so Frank, 50-50, based on a few comments you've made in passing during our intro, it sounds like you really enjoyed the film. Is that correct? I would say that's a safe assumption. I enjoyed it. So would you say that it's 50% good, more than 50% good? I thought it was very good. Okay. I I will not be playing into that. (laughs) So tell me what you liked about the movie. Uh, what I liked about the movie is that I, I think what made it work is if you decide to do a so-called cancer comedy, I think the danger is that you force the laughs, that you say, you know, it's gotten really serious here. We need to cram in a joke. And they didn't. I think the laughs all came very naturally um, from from real life. You know, I think they wrote something that felt true and real. And I think the laughs came out of just the reactions of the people around him and that's what I appreciated about it. Yeah, you know, in terms of dealing with a heavy topic like cancer, the film does a pretty good job overall of finding a good balance between the comedy and the drama. You know, there, there are scenes that are just filled to the brim with laughs, and then there are other scenes, especially in the second half, which are a lot heavier, meant to be a lot more dramatic, a lot more emotional. And the film, I think, on the whole, does find a good balance. I will say, though, that although I, I liked the film overall, you know, I liked it more than I liked Moneyball, I think, oh, last week. Pot shot, but okay. You know, I, I felt like I connected a little bit more with the main character, but I still didn't feel all that emotionally invested. Maybe I'm just a cold-hearted bastard. That could be the case. But I just did not really... I don't know. There's something about the movie, I felt like it portrayed its characters in fairly broad strokes. Unlike, say, Jonathan Levine's previous film, The The Wackness, which had a little bit more nuance, even though it was a typical coming-of-age film. There was a little bit of more subtlety when it was developing its characters. This movie felt a little bit broad. I agree that in some instances there were some scenes that I think could have felt very trite in the hands of lesser actors, but I thought the actors carried it off in such a naturalistic, grounded way with such, I think, strong direction that it, w- it wasn't a problem for me. I, it kind of it compensated for some of the broadness. I agree. I think the performances overall were really good. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is always fantastic. Yeah. Have you seen Brick? No, I haven't. You need to watch Brick. Okay. 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 You, you, if you're a Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan, you have to watch Brick, which is absolutely stunning. I've been a fan of his ever since I saw that movie. And here he's doing good work. It's the kind of work we've come to expect from him. You know, Seth Rogen, I think this is probably the most I've liked Seth Rogen in a film in quite some time. I usually do like him, but occasionally his whole shtick can be a little bit annoying. I wasn't a big fan of Green Hornet and some of his other films. He has that whole stoner vibe, and occasionally that will work, and then in other cases it doesn't. 
I think it worked here because it was a uh, welcome reprieve, I think, from a little some of the heavier moments where it was like, oh, you know, this is comforting and, you know, to kind of be able to look, be distracted from some of the heavier stuff. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I, I think that it also works because he's not the lead. He's kind yeah. of the supporting character. He's the best friend. And he's got such good chemistry with Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. that I really felt like they had a strong connection. They had a strong Friendship. Friendship, yeah. And I, th- I, that to me was probably the most compelling aspect of the film on an emotional level mm-hmm. was their friendship and their interaction. Some of his relationships with other characters I thought weren't really developed quite as well. Um, for example, there's, a, there's a, a relationship with a girlfriend, and I think she's portrayed in a very one-dimensional light. I don't think the film... Does it really doesn't do anything to add any depth or layers to her character? She's pretty one note. I would agree to an extent. You know, it's a two-hour movie. There's only so much you can cram in to, to the two-hour movie. And really, the story I think was more about him and his cancer and how he grapples with that, um, and how his friends and family grapple with that. I, I think she was given a little bit of uh, in her final scene. She was given a little bit more of a uh, a personality. I guess is the best way to. You saw what some of her goals were, and we we can talk about it more specifically in the spoiler section. But I I got a sense there was a deeply messed up person underneath there. Right, and I I kind of wanted to see more of that. Well, that's for the spinoff. I, I, I guess so. Yeah, the Parkinson's <laughs> disease spinoff. <laughs> I would see that movie. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get hate mail. <laughs> What's the name of that film? No, let's, eighty eighty twenty. Oh God. <laughs> It should be noted that I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning and it is now 9 p.m., so I'm not responsible for anything I do or say. I have no filter. <laughs> I thought her character was definitely a little bit broad. Honestly, I felt like most of the characters were fairly one- to two-dimensional, at least in terms of their interactions and in terms of their relationships. You've got a main character who is struggling with this whole thing of can- with cancer, and yet he doesn't come across as a very sympathetic character, at least to me. I don't know. I just felt like it was a bit too broad in how it portrayed his reactions to, to the news that he has cancer and how he's dealing with it. He, ha- you know, there, he has a relationship with his mother, which is sort of developed, but not really. And there, he also has a relationship with his therapist, played by Anna Kendrick, which the film really tries to turn into something that will resonate with the audience. And to me, it just didn't work overall. The only times a lot of these emotional beats did work, I think, are in the more heavy melodramatic scenes where you've got the music playing and everyone's tense and wondering, is he going to live or is he going to die? And of course, you're going to feel a bit of an emotional connection there because, you know, it's cancer and the guy's dying, potentially. But... I didn't, I don't know, I just really didn't connect overall with with many of the characters. I liked the movie. I just didn't come away feeling like, oh man, that was was really great. I I was so touched by its depiction of man's will to survive and struggling against cancer and contemplating his own mortality. That, That really gave me a lot to think about. I'm so inspired. I really didn't come away feeling anything. Andrew's a lot of fun to go to the movies with, if you can't tell. <laughs> He's just a treat. Yeah. A delight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, see, I'm, a, I'm a sap, so I, I actually got into some of that stuff. I actually thought Anna Kendrick was a standout in this movie for me. I thought she was phenomenal. I thought she was really attractive. Um, 
well, I thought acting wise, <laughs> she was very, very good. Um, I think she sold a lot of the scenes for me. She's very understated and she's very good comedically too. Uh, well, I, I agree. Again, I think the performances were fine. To me, maybe it's the fact that this is Will Reiser's first feature screenplay, but it just seemed like a very kind of bare-bones depiction of people and relationships. I don't think it's any fault of the performers. I think the actors did a pretty good job with what they were given. I think the problems are are mainly in the script. I loved the script. (laughs) And I'm not just saying that to screw with Andrew. Yes, you are. Admit it. No, that's just a great side bonus that gives me a little bit of joy, but I liked the fact it was a little bit bare bones. I um, I feel like with the, the subject matter, if you try and make it so that everybody has this huge emotional revelation about the status of their relationship, it tends to veer a little bit more towards lifetime TV uh, territory. Well, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I think the main reason they couldn't really explore a lot of these relationships more in depth is because maybe I could I mean I could be wrong about this but it seems to me that once you start really developing relationships and developing characters it's harder to laugh at them and it gets more serious very quickly I think once you're showing flawed three-dimensional people so I it, it seems to me that if they were going to develop these characters more they'd have to stay away from the more comedic side of things. I think the f- more flawed a character is, the funnier they are, I would argue. But Well, I, I, okay, I can... I would argue that perfect people are really not that funny. Well, not... Okay. I think, it, you, you know, when you're dealing with comedies, most comedy... Uh, most people that you laugh at in comedies, I feel like, are pretty broad. But they, have a f- they have a central flaw that we laugh at or that causes them to be quote-unquote funny. And in this movie, 50-50, when you're dealing with a heavy topic like cancer, I feel like if you're going to really try to explore, oh, how does his girlfriend deal with this? Let's get into his relationship with his mother and how that works. That is a bit more complex. It's a bit more serious. You know, when you're dealing with someone's potentially impending death, you know, I think, to some extent, I, I think the writers were smart in staying away from it because they wanted to keep it funny. But as a result, I didn't connect as much with the characters. And if it's a comedy, maybe I'm not supposed to come away feeling like I really related to the characters. You know, I'm not supposed to feel like they're real people. But, you know, it, it, I, I, it's, it's kind of a tough balance, I think, to find. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... And I, and I mean, there's no way for me to know this for sure, but I would. I think they set it, they achieved exactly what they set out to. Um, I I thought the movie walked a very fine line between treating the subject matter too cavalierly and letting it kind of um, fall just into despair and bleakness. And I thought it did a nice job of avoiding those two traps of being too broad or too bleak. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was good. All right. I agree. It's a good film. I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did, but I would still recommend that people go check it out. You know, it was definitely 
worth my money overall, I think, compared to a lot of other stuff at theaters. So Yeah, I'd pay 10 bucks to see it. Yeah. I did pay 10 bucks to see it. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Frank and I both recommend that you go see 50-50. We both liked it uh, quite a bit. So go see it and write in and let us know what you think of the film. That'll wrap it up for part one of our discussion on 50-50. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes, so please do that if you want to automatically have the show updated uh, for you regularly. And go ahead and write us a review. We'd really appreciate it. It helps get the word out about the show. And don't forget that if you're a big fan of the show, you can donate through the website as well. We really do appreciate your support. Uh, we, we do rely on, on you guys to survive and in order to keep developing new content and to pay for hosting and all of that stuff. So we really, really do appreciate your help. Frank, where can people find you online? Uh, I have a Twitter. FJ Reddy is the handle, I believe. Um... Working on the blog, not quite sure of a title yet. Um, if you send messages to Andrew, he'll relay them to me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Frank. Yeah, that's what he's there for. That's right. So follow FJ Reddy on Twitter and send him tons of feedback and tons of messages and you know, help him develop more of a, uh, a web presence, shall we say. Or you could just relay them from Andrew, and it'll be <laughs> hilarious. So, All right. Well, I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolishoveffect.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know that you're a listener of the show, and I will definitely be sure to follow you back. All right. That'll wrap it up. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Reddy. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.